Good morning, everybody, and welcome again for people on Zoom. My name's Paul. I work for the church. Um, I'm a jack of all trades and master of none, so that's good, because what we're going to be talking about is becoming masters of particular trades, but we'll get into that in a minute. If you've been with us for a while, you'll know that we're working through our vision statement. Uh, sorry, our statement of faith, what we believe, and we've been doing that now since uh, last September. And we're in a mini-series at the moment talking about the person of the Holy Spirit and how he impacts our lives, how he impacts what we do, how he fills us. And that's what the prayer meeting's about, is we're praying together to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to live and walk and pray in the Spirit. And we've been doing, um, the last couple of weeks, looking at spiritual gifts, now, just in case you don't realize, uh, and just to explain, we do have some Ukrainians with us now. And so, um, and just to stop the embarrassment, they're Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Hence, we're trying to help them a little bit with some Russian pointers. Because I'm a Yorkshireman, they probably don't understand my accent. Um, and because you're Cumbrians, you certainly don't understand my accent. So we're just trying to help a little bit more, trying to put in context what we're, what we're preaching about. Is that okay? Don't get distracted. Don't try and pronounce it. That's, well, you can have a go if you like. If you get bored with what I'm saying, have a go and see what happens. This morning, we're going to be talking about, we're going to take a slight detour, and we're going to be talking about naturally supernatural gifts. When we started this series, I want you to know that... Um, when we started the series, I'm very excited about preaching into the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm very excited about when we talk about gifts of the Spirit and how it impacts us and how we use that here in church but outside in the streets. But I also want you to know that it presents a personal dilemma to me. Okay? Because I find it, I'm going to be quite honest, and I think... Some of you might identify with this. There are some of you here this morning who seem to naturally flow in gifts of the Spirit. Okay, it seems to happen very natural and you're very confident about it. But I want you to know that I find the whole thing quite difficult sometimes. Okay? I find it difficult because I get nervous about what I think God's given me. I spend time thinking about how accurate it is, and then I persuade myself it's not necessarily that accurate. Is anybody starting to identify here a little bit? I, um, I suffer from a lack of confidence that, A, I might get it wrong, and B, you might not want to listen. And I might, you know, I might be completely up a gum tree. I, I get nervous because I don't want to fail in front of you all. Okay? Does that smile at me? Somebody agree with me if you're in that way. I, I doubt whether what God's given me is what's come from God. And that can all happen within the space of five seconds. Okay? And so I find myself sometimes really reluctant to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And I have to push through. And I have to kind of gather my confidence, what bits I've got, and come to the front and share what I think God's got. 
And then I go and sit down or stand up, whatever's happening at the time, and I spend the rest of the meeting wondering everything that I'd said was from God and what I could have said and what I should have said and what I didn't say, what I could have said, what I should have said but didn't say. Okay? It's a bit like that when you preach. This afternoon, I'll spend all afternoon thinking about what I should have said, what I couldn't have said, I really shouldn't have said that, etc. Listen, I want us to be understanding that actually, I want us to understand that we all suffer from those sort of confidence issues. And it's even harder when I'm out on the street and I feel I've got a word for somebody who's not a Christian. That makes it even doubly harder to do something about it. But what I want to talk about this morning isn't the gifts of the Spirit in that sense. We're going to be looking in Romans 12 in a minute, but I want us to look at what God has given us as natural talents and skills and abilities. Because they're equally a gift of the Spirit as prophecy, tongues, interpretation, etc., etc. If you read in Psalm 139, the psalm is quite clear. God made us, and we apply that to us physic- ourselves physically, but God made us who we are inside, from birth. God, by the power of his spirit, knits us together, the psalmist says. He knits us together in our mother's womb. He knows us inside out. He knows who we are, our very personality. And he gives us gifts and talents and skills from birth that are part of who we are. And that can create in us sometimes a kind of Mary Martha scenario. Let me paint a scenario um, at the prayer meeting, okay? I'm not saying this is true, but you can surmise. You know, we get there early, I get there early, I open the doors, I put all the chairs out, I make sure that everybody's comfortable. I make sure that there's enough breeze going through so you don't get COVID. I make sure that if you're having drinks, the drinks are out. I make sure that we've got milk. I make sure we've got this. I make sure we've got that. I make sure we've got the other. And then you all arrive to pray, and I kind of feel a bit like Martha. I kind of feel that I'm serving, but the more spiritual thing is praying. Jesus doesn't condemn Martha for doing the things she did, but he condemns, or he doesn't condemn her, he, he, he talks to her about how actually there's a context, the right context for the right thing. And I'm having to learn that my natural skill set, which does all that stuff naturally, doesn't supersede all the things I should be doing spiritually and vice versa. Because God's given us natural talents and things that he's given us to do and both the spiritual gifts, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, etc., etc., and the natural gifts, the things we do because we do them, one doesn't supersede the other. They're actually both God-given and God-valued. If you made tea and coffee this morning, we want, I want to thank you, but God values that as much as Danette leading worship. Okay, if you put the chairs out, that's as valuable as other things that are happening in the church. It's about doing the right thing at the right time in the right context. So let's look at Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at some of these naturally supernatural gifts, things that God gave us at birth that are your special 
talent. Now, in a, at the end of um, this morning, we're going to play pit. Anybody played pit before? Okay. And as I'm going through this this morning, I'm going to be talking about a number of different things. And I want you to rank yourself, one to five, five being the best, one being zero, or one being rubbish. Okay, and then at the end of my preach this morning, we're going to go and seek each other out, and we're going to pray for each other, and then we're going to break bread. And if you're a guest this morning, just relax. You don't have to do anything. It's okay. You can sit there. That's fine. Nobody's going nobody's to jump up and down. You just relax. We just want you to be at home. But as members of the congregation, I want to stir you to find other people, to pray with them, and to support and encourage each other. So let's look at Romans chapter 12. We're in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, if teaching in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So Paul's making a number of points here, which I want to kind of set as a foundation before we look at these different things. So first of all, think soberly about yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself, but don't think too lowly of yourself. I'm just looking at Malcolm. I'm not really speaking to you just because you were looking at me. <laughs> Listen, sometimes we think really highly of ourselves and actually we're not as good as we think. Okay, I'm a musician by training. I did a degree in music. I think I'm okay, but I quickly learned that there was always somebody going to be better than me. Okay, and as a musician, that's quite painful because it's very competitive at times in music colleges. And I learned quickly that actually, although I was okay, concert level, national orchestra, there came a point where actually there was always going to be somebody better than me. So I had to reassess what the level is that I could live at as a musician. Equally, I know that there's been times when some of you have come to me and said, oh, Paul, this morning that was really good. And I said, oh, yeah, it was pre-recorded. Don't worry, you know, it wasn't that good. And I kind of bat it off. Listen, you do that with your gifts. You think sometimes you're better than you are, and sometimes you think you're worse than you are. But God wants you to think soberly about where your skill and talent levels are, so that we can be appropriate. Think soberly about yourself. Don't overestimate, don't underestimate. Don't be arrogant, don't give false humility. Secondly, God gives us a measure of faith, and we mix our skills and our talents with faith. We have God gives us seeds of faith that we can use with the gifts and talents he's given us. 
we don't use faith, then actually the things I'm doing are pretty worthless. Next, we are one body, many members, and we don't all have the same function. We're all different. Thank God he's brought together a church with different skills and talents and personalities. Because if you're all like me, the church would be perfect, but it wouldn't be very functional. Listen, God puts us together. One of the reasons he puts us together is because we are different. Okay? I can't do what you do. I really, really can't. And you can't do what I do. Some of us have got similar giftings and skills. But that's okay. God brought together a multi-talented, multi-skilled church. Multicolored. We're supposed to be a vibrant community of different people doing different things by the power of the Spirit. We have different strengths and we have different weaknesses. We most certainly have different personalities. Have you noticed in your small groups the different personalities there are? Some excitable, some very sanguine, etc., etc. Finally, Paul points that all these gifts are given through grace from God. It's God's design and choice what he gave you as your special talents. Talents. Listen, God knew you and he knew what he designed you for and Paul says that we've got things to do. He's given us jobs to do and he knew what those jobs were and he's given you the talents and the skills and the personality to achieve those works. And we can develop them through training and discipline and experience. All too often, with my gifts, sometimes I want to just sit back and scratch myself and just enjoy a comfortable existence. But God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be on our feet, moving forward, doing things. He's got works for you to do that only you can do. And he's given you the skills and ability to do that. And what happens is, when we're full with the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit comes and he enhances those skills and gifts, if that makes sense. He takes our natural talents and he makes them supernatural. All too often we try to train out of ourselves the very thing that God put in for us to do the job. All too often we kind of put down the natural gifting that God's given us when the Holy Spirit is trying to enhance it and draw it out of us for our circumstances. So, we're going to look at some of these things, and don't forget, mark yourselves, not to five, and then we're going to find each other and pray with each other. First of all, Paul talks about prophecy. Now, this list that Paul's put in here is not exhaustive. Okay, it's, he's given examples. If this was the few personality things that God's given us, talents, natural talents, then do you know what? It'd be quite boring as a church. Actually, God's given us some more and we're going to look at some of them. But let's look at what Paul did give us. Prophecy. 
Paul says he's given us gifts, natural gifts. Some of us have a natural gift of being able to hear from God and speak it out. And he wants to take that natural gift and make it much more spiritually minded. He wants to enhance it. He wants to put a booster behind it and make it more applicable, more depth, more, um, more experience behind it, more weight behind it. Some of us, Paul says, are serving hearts. There are people here, I, I wondered about making, you know, calling names out this morning. I don't want to embarrass people. But some of you are incredible servers. When I ask for people to come and do something, there are some people whose hands that were always first. Always. I could even write you a list right now. Okay? And... Some of us are given that natural gift of just serving others. And it looks so effortless. It looks so natural. Now, I just want to make a point that actually, when I go out into the world, I see people just like this. There are people out there who serve incredibly well, but are not yet Christians. But God wants to take that talent of serving, that skill, that, that natural gifting... And he wants to boost it so that it brings glory to God and God and Jesus' Son through the power of the Spirit for the world to see and say, surely that, that person knows God. Servant, servant hearts, always there, always willing, at the detriment of themselves, they're there, putting their hands to everything. Perhaps that's your gifting, I don't know. What about teaching? I look at um, some teachers out in the schools and they are amazing. They are amazing. They communicate things to kids in a way that I, just, I didn't even know you could do that. They communicate massive concepts and somehow they make it simple so that even children can understand it. And God might have given you that talent. Maybe you're a teacher by profession. Maybe you're just good at explaining things. Maybe you can take concepts and just make it easy for other people. God's given you a natural gift of teaching. And he wants to take that and he wants the spirit to fill it to bring concepts that are in here out into people's lives. What about uh, exhortation or encouragement? On a weekly basis, there are people here who will send me an email or a text or whatever, just encouraging. At those times when it feels really hard work to get a card or a text from somebody, it's so meaningful. Just a well done. Somebody noticed that you did that. Well done, thank you. I really appreciate that. And there are people here this morning, I know who you are, because I see what goes on, that are constantly encouraging others. Constantly just making people feel good about themselves. I'm not going to keep repeating it. The Holy Spirit wants to take that and make this a supernatural gift of encouragement. Generosity. Generosity. Finance. Time, effort. 
I know there are people here who give generously, not just because they're able to financially, but because their heart is to give financially. I know that there are people who go beyond their means or their natural means, asking God by faith to help them, and they're just generous in finance. Listen, I believe God wants to turn the heat up on your generosity through the Spirit. Maybe you give time. Maybe you haven't got finance, but maybe you can give time. And you do give time. Leadership, administration. We have some really powerful administrators in this church. And I, as an administrator, am in awe of some of you. Because I know that I couldn't do that. I know I couldn't do some of the things you do. We've got people who administrate hospitals and part of the NHS Trust across Cumbria. I just think, how on earth do you do that? Now, I've administrated big camps. I've administrated other things. I know I can administrate things well. But sometimes you've got to look and say with awe and say, that's just amazing. Some of you are administrators in business. Some of you lead businesses or you lead groups of things. Well done. Go for it. Ask God to empower you by the Holy Spirit to do those things. Some of you are good at acts of mercy, helping the poor, poor in spirit, poor in finance, poor in food, poor in energy. Some of you just pour your hearts out week after week after week, helping people who can't help themselves. I find this one the most difficult because it said I've got to do it with cheerfulness. <laughs> Dave and I work on some projects and he knows that sometimes my cheerfulness looks like grumpiness. <laughs> Let's look at some of the things that Paul doesn't list, but I know is in this church. Musicians. People are really skilled musicians. Really skilled. Listen, let God take that and let him ask the power of the Holy Spirit to really get into you, your musicianship. And you might not be a worship leader, but where you are a musician, you can stand out as a child of God doing your best as a musician. Or perhaps you're a craftsperson. Let's just quickly look at Exodus 28, just so that you, th you know that I'm, I'm using the Bible. And we're going to just look at verse 3. This is uh, God speaking to uh, Moses and Aaron. And he says in verse 3, And you will make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. You shall speak to the skillful, who I have filled with the spirit of skill, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him for my priesthood. Craftsmen, if you make things, make jewellery, you make clothes, you make things. I don't know. I'm not a very crafty person. Things. Who makes things? Listen, God's put that talent in you and, and it's absolutely fantastic. 
And he wants to use that in so many different ways. What about evangelists? Now, you might immediately think about telling people about Jesus, okay? And that's true. But some of you are evangelists for things that are not just about Jesus. So, I know that if I went up to some of you and started talking about Liverpool Football Club, you would tell me everything about Liverpool Football Club. Anything and everything. You know the, the players' names, you know the players' wives' names, you know the players' kids' names, you know the players' children's names, you know the players' dogs' names. You know exactly everything about them. I have a friend um, who is a big fan of Queen, the, the, the music group. And he can tell you every musician that's any played on every single album and the track listing of every single album down to the detail and where they've played them in concert and how many times he's been to concert. Listen, he's an evangelist. He tells me about Queen all the time. Ad infinitum and with boredom. Listen, he's an evangelist. And the Holy Spirit wants to take his life. He's a Christian. He wants to take his life and he wants to pour his spirit into, into, into this guy. I won't mention his name. Because he wants this person to become an evangelist telling people about Jesus. At the moment, he's telling people about the thing he loves most, which is Queen. But God wants him to tell, him, to tell people about Jesus. He was an evangelist. He's a natural evangelist. I've tried with you guys about fishing, but I've failed so far. What about writers? Do we have writers here? Songwriters, book writers, all sorts of writers, diary writers, card writers. Listen, that's a skill. It's a talent put, God's put in you. What about artists? Do we have people here who paint and sculpt and make things with art? Now, I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. I'm useless at art. I can draw a house and it looks like a dog. But there are people here who are fantastic painters, fantastic artists. You see something and you put it on paper. Maybe you're a photographer. I know there's somebody on Zoom watching today that's a great, fantastic photographer. It's a skill. It's amazing. Maybe you're a gardener with puppies. Maybe you're a gardener. Maybe you can take a blank canvas of soil and you can make something beautiful out of it. Listen, these are some of the things God's put in us. Here's some more. Translators. Here's my favourite, because I'm really good at this, diplomacy and politics. <laughs> Listen, there's a barn door. Here's my head. I'm going through it. Listen, being diplomatic, being in politics, being political, with a small p, is a God-given talent. Maybe your talent is visiting others. Going to somebody's house and just making sure they're okay. Going and having a coffee with somebody because they looked a bit rough on Sunday. Going and spending time with people who other people perhaps don't necessarily want to spend time with. 
Maybe your talent that God's given you is sport. Maybe you're just really, really good at eye-hand coordination and kicking that ball or hitting that ball or running or wherever it happens to be is your, one of your talents, skills. I hate people who can do everything in sport. It just doesn't make sense to me. But there we go. Maybe caring for the ill. Having the patience to sit and care, meeting people's needs, meeting people at their point of desperation. Maybe you're an analytical thinker, an engineer. Maybe you can put things together and you see things, how, work, how they work. Listen, this is not a long list, but it, it's fairly long, but there's all sorts of other things. Because God has put in all of us these diverse talents so that we're a multicolored, multi-generational, vibrant church that work together. And you can take your part in it. And maybe I should have put one here at the bottom, which is, don't know. Maybe that's your skill. Right now, you just don't know what God's put in you. Listen, let's find it. Let's pray for each other that God would fill us with the Spirit to enhance and to explode it across the town. This town needs this church to stand up and be who we are. He wants you to stand up and, do, and take your natural skills and talents and bless this community. It's really important. Jesus said, we don't take a light and we don't put it under a bushel. We don't put it under a bucket. If you are skilled in some of these things, get involved. Just one example. If you're an artist, go and get involved in the local art society. Go and get involved in, um, in the galleries. Go and get involved with art exhibitions. Go and, go and get involved in it. With the sole purpose of ultimately bringing glory to Jesus through the power of the Spirit. Go and do it. And we do all these things through faith and grace. Now, I'm coming into land. Last week, Roger used the word consecration. Setting aside. Cleaning it up. So that we can concentrate, consecrate, set aside for the purpose of serving God the Father. And we're going to close by really looking at how we can do that with our skills and talents. At the prayer meeting, I mentioned the other day that consecration isn't just about... I was talking about my car. We have a foster child, and the backseat of my car looks like a third world country's lunchtime. It is gross. Sticky things and wrappers and half-eaten McDonald's chips and all sorts of stuff. And that's just the front seat where I sit. Where he sits is even worse. Listen, it, is, it was gross. And um, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to a conference, and I'm taking some people in the car, and I knew that I had to clean my car fit for purpose. I had to consecrate my car so that other people could sit in it comfortably. And you know what? I did clean out a whole load of rubbish. But I found treasure. There was money under my seat. 
And as a tight-fisted Yorkshireman, that was just joy to my heart. I even opened my pocket. Listen, consecration isn't just about cleaning things out. It's about finding the treasure that's inside. God's put treasure in our hearts. As we consecrate ourselves, cleaning ourselves out, fit for God's purpose, God also wants you to know that there's treasure that you can find. So let's look at 1 Timothy 4, because this is how we do this. Now the Spirit... Sorry, let's uh, just stop. Verse 14. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by the gift of prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that you may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on teaching. Persist in doing so, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. Listen, it's time for us to understand who we are soberly, take account, think about it, be sensible. It's time to not neglect the gift you have. I came in to the church in the 70s and 80s when, to be honest, <coughs> there were so, so many good times, but one of the sadnesses of my life was that actually there was a, a desire to, to step away from the worldly things to be pure Christians. And that exhibited itself in different ways, but one of the ways, sadly, was that actually, as a Christian, I should leave some of my friendships behind so I can concentrate on being a Christian in, a, in the body of Christ. When actually, the purpose of the gospel is to send me back to those friendships full of faith and grace. But that's also the same for talents and skills and gifts. We often kind of put these things away that we've been talking about this morning because actually there's a better thing. Listen, don't neglect the gift that God's given you. Alison, I am going to name a name. Your artwork, your jewellery is lovely. Okay? I really like it. Don't neglect it. Don't let anybody else neglect it. I could look around this church and just start naming people one by one. Listen, don't neglect it. Don't put it away for something that's better. Because God's given you that talent. If God gave it to you, he gave it to you for a reason. He does not want you to neglect it. He doesn't want you to reject it. He wants you to take it and he wants you to really polish it up because Paul says it was given by prophecy. Now, in Timothy's case, we don't know what that gift was. We can speculate. We don't know what it was. But listen, I want to prophesy into your life. God wants to take your gifting and glorify Jesus. Next, Paul says, practice these things. Practice. Practice, practice, practice. Now, as a musician, I found that the more I practiced, somehow the better I got at it. In music college, you know, that was eight hours practice a day, just about. It was serious practice. I'm now 60, 20, 40 years on. 
And do you know what? I wish I'd kept practicing and practicing and practicing. Listen, practice makes perfect. That's not in the Bible, by the way. Okay? But it does. Practice makes you better and better. Practice being good at caring for the ill. Practice, practice, practice. Just do it. Get on with it. Paul says then, immerse yourself in it. Find out more about the skills and giftings. Get some training. Go and do something. Go and read something. Go on a course. If you're, I don't know, I'm just looking down this list here. If your gifting is generosity, find out how you can, you know what, this is going to sound really ungodly. Find out how you can make some more money so you can give more away. Have you ever thought about doing that? Go and make more money. Not for money's sake, but to give it away. Give more away. The more I have, the more I can give. It's a great attitude to take. And finally, so that everybody can see progress. You know what? God wants us to see progress. He wants us to stir each other in our gifting to make progress. When you see something good, tell them. When you see somebody doing really well, communicating, connecting with the community, you know, through the running club, go and tell them, you're doing great. Listen, the world out there, we want to see progress in what you're doing. We want you to see you're getting better and better and better at what you do. Because actually I believe in excellence. Excellence for me isn't perfect. Excellence is about doing the very, very best that I can do right now with the limited skills and talents and gifting that God's given me. But if I learn a bit more, I can get better. If I learn a bit more, I can get that much better. I'm going to stop, and we're going to play a pit. <laughs>